0: Nobody lived on dead weather but us and the pirates. It wasn't hard to understand why. For one thing, the weather was atrocious. Eleven months out of twelve, it was brutally hot and humid with no wind at all. So on a bad day, the air felt like a hot, soggy blanket smothering you from all sides. And the other month was September, which meant hurricanes. Then there was the volcano. It hadn't actually blown in ages, but it belched smoke and shook the earth enough to scare away anybody who might have overlooked the pirates in the weather. The only reason it didn't scare me, even though plenty of things do, was because I'd been born and raised halfway up its slope and didn't know any different. That's how I felt about the pirates, too. There were two kinds on dead weather. The normal ones, who hung around down in port scratch, drinking and getting into knife fights whenever they weren't off raiding cartager gold chips and the busted down broken ones who'd lost too many limbs or eyes or organs to crew a ship, but not enough to kill them outright. A few of those stayed in the scratch, patching together a living in the taverns and the gun shops, but most of them hobbled up the mountain to work for Dad on the ugly fruit plantation. I don't know what he paid them. It couldn't have been much because we didn't have much, but I guess it was enough, since none of them ever staged a mutiny or tried to kill us all in our sleep. They slept down in the barracks and mostly kept to themselves in the orchards, except for Quint, the house pirate, who cooked for us and did some occasional sewing. Dad had his hands full running the plantation, so he left the rest of the housework to the kids, the kids being me, my sister Venus, and my brother Adonis. I was the youngest, which I didn't much like, Adonis wailed on me every chance he got, and even though I fought back as best I could, he had three years on me, so I usually got the short end of it. Especially after he turned fifteen and shot up past six feet, with shoulders almost as wide and thick as dad's. Fortunately, as Adonis got bigger, he also got more lumbering, so eventually I figured out I could duck the beating by running to the orchards and climbing an ugly fruit tree way up to where the branches got too thin to bear his weight. He knew Dad would skin him if he hurt one of those trees, so he'd just glower at me from under his heavy black eyebrows and shake his fist and bellow that he could wait for me forever. Then he'd get bored and wander off. Venus used to knock me around, too, right up until the day I got big enough to take her in a fight. She backed off for good after that, except to constantly tell me how stupid I was and how dad had tried to sell me but couldn't find a buyer at any price, and how someday she was going to marry a Rovian prince and the prince would have me ground up and fed to his horses. They'll gobble you up, Egbert, bones and all, she'd say, sneering down her long, sharp nose at me. At some point I found out horses don't eat meat, but I never bothered to tell Venus. Just like I never bothered to tell her no prince of Rovia would ever marry a commoner, let alone try to find a wife by leaving the continent and sailing thousands of miles across the Great Maw to a sweaty little pirate-infested island so unimportant it didn't even show up on the maps of the new lands in Geography of the World.